Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 3, Week 12. I'm Andrew Skaggs, joined by Ben Goldstein. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you, Ben? Good, just that for some reason that email showed up on my phone and then took another three minutes to actually reach my computer. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, just waiting for emails. That's Gucci, that's Gucci. We yeah, are uh, on fucking internet or something like that. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. It is Tuesday, November 28th, 5.06 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 4.06 p.m. Pacific Time, 7.06 p.m. Eastern Time. The college football top 25 being revealed as we record this podcast. Big stuff, Ben. What do you think it's going to look like? Uh, that's a good question. It's probably Georgia 1. Okay, but Number... past that, like, where the where's the mix-up? Yeah, so Georgia. I just have to. I have to go. I have to go one by one here, really quickly. Georgia one, Michigan two. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I forgetting someone? Is it... I mean, so it'd be either UW or Florida three. State or Oregon. Yeah, or... UW three, Florida State four, <laughs> Oregon five, probably right. Alabama six, seven. So Alabama's so, already already eight, and Texas is already seven. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, I mean, maybe Ohio State moves down to six, but. Do you think I Oregon think, jumps Ohio State? Yes. And I think Alabama even jumps Ohio State, to be honest with you, this week. <clears throat> okay. Well, that, that's what I'm telling you. I'm watching it live. Alabama's oh, you're saying, Texas oh. <laughs> hey, I thought you maybe were watching it as well. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to focus. I'm really stoned, so I can only focus on one thing right Perfect. now, you know? Perfect. Uh, I mean, I have the TV on, but I'm so stoned that I haven't like turned really anything on. So, like, we're gonna have a blast on this podcast, Ben. This Travis is like Manson. First, this is my first day off in a long time. Uh, well, first night off in a long time. So I'm just getting really high. So excuse me if my brain malfunctions at some point. No, that's okay. I took a gravity bong earlier. I'm nice and lit as well. Travis Hansen coming on the show. He's probably eating a couple edibles beforehand. Actually, he's got dad class, so probably not. Um, but should be fun. We've been talking about having Travis on for a couple of weeks now. It's been obviously a little bit busy with the uh, the holiday, Thanksgiving. But Ben, we'll talk about Thanksgiving a little bit later in the interview portion. Let's get right into the Taco Bell takeaway of the week. Biggest takeaway from week 12. I'll go ahead and get us started. Bills-Eagles, uh, tremendous game on Sunday, reminded us just how fun playoff caliber football is. Uh, the Bills are in a fascinating position. They obviously played very well, but ultimately ended up losing uh, to the Eagles. Uh, but they're in an interesting spot because they're not currently in the playoff picture, but there's plenty of teams. I think like the Colts are currently the seventh seed. Um, it's not like the AFC is as loaded as it's been in the past, especially with the injuries to the Bengals. Um, so I was just thinking about it today. It's like I expect the Bills to go on a somewhat of a run, you know, make the playoffs. Um, and it's just going to be really interesting if they're like a seven or six seed in the AFC and playing like the Chiefs or something in the first round would be like pretty wild. Yes, that would probably be a very fun game too. I'm not sure that the Chiefs would really win that game, to be honest with you. But uh, it, would, it would be a close line in Vegas, that's for sure. Any of these, yeah. those top teams though, that they could play, the Ravens you know, are up there, the Jags are up there. I'm forgetting somebody, but... Yeah, I don't know he's Dol- reading, Dolphins. But- I read uh, Football Morning in America from Peter King this week, you know, and yeah. uh, he's usually pretty in tune with the league, even though he's a, a libtard. Um, <laughs> but he was saying that well, he was talking to, he was talking to uh, Jason Kelsey, and Kelsey was just saying that like this year is very odd because it's so wide open. Like he knows that his yeah. Eagles are like ten one, but he understands that like 
it's so wide open. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not. There are so many teams no, that are capable. Of there's beating. no one. There's no one or two teams that like specifically stand out per se. So it will be very interesting. <clears throat> it will. And then my other two things, very brief. Just the Lions have looked a little bit shaky the last two weeks. I'm not yeah. too worried, but at home against the Packers, and then last week, I believe it was at home as well against the Bears. Um, I just expect you know because they're such a good physical run the ball team. I expect them to kind of blow out those inferior opponents, but they have not. They did escape with a win over the Bears, so it's not all bad for them, but kind of interesting to keep an eye on there. Uh, and then it's pretty crazy that Brandon Staley still has a job. Um, again, I don't I don't know coaching enough to, like, full-on say, like, it's definitely his fault and all this stuff, but it's just like, man, like, they just keep losing games year after year, and, like, they're four and seven. Like, bad teams have four wins. Like, that's, like, top seven pick status. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think I've made my feelings known on Brandon Staley. And uh, I think that he's wasting a quarterback's career that is a legit, like, franchise quarterback uh, that doesn't come around very often in Justin Herbert. I think that he's wasting his, like, a fourth of his career. Um, So I'm just tired of it. He needs to go. As for the Lions, uh, interesting. We'll see what happens. What's your worry level? My worry level for the Lions on a scale of 1 to 10 <laughs> would be a 5, 6, somewhere around there probably. I, I I think one thing you have to remember is that, like, they played really well at the beginning of the season. It's a long season. It is their first season of being kind of like this, like as one of the top teams per se, or deemed mm-hmm. one of the top teams early. So yeah, new territory. Exactly. You know, just it's just a lot more there. And, you know, frankly, trading for Jared Goff uh, myself was a terrible idea, and I fucking despise it. But here we are. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's turn it over to you, Ben, for some more holiday cheer. Yeah, we talked about some of the best teams in the league right there. This is one of the worst teams in the league. That would be the Seahawks. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. Well, this is just a 180 by me now. No, I, listen, I don't think they suck. But, man, that was fucking tough. Uh, this is kind of becoming my Seahawks time, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I know the boys hate that. But, well, actually, they might like this because it's about the Niners kicking their ass. But, yeah, that was really rough. And I really expected somewhat of a competitive game, especially in Seattle on Thanksgiving Pete Carroll usually has the boys fired up, but man, that was just a shit game, dude. That was from the beginning to the end. I mean, asses kicked all across the board. I like, <clears throat> and they play this. They play the Niners in two weeks again, and yeah. I, in Santa Clara. If 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 you're not competitive <clears throat> that game, like. It, like things gotta change, and I'm not talking like Pete Carroll. I don't think he's gotta change, but. I think we're looking at Geno Smith. Like, I think it's, I think it's about time. Yeah. So that's all I got. But uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of off the Geno Smith train. I'm ready to go on tomorrow. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. You know, there's the potential for Kirk Cousins to be out there in free agency. Yeah, they could be in a, yeah. uh, they could be in a mid draft pick range where they could get one of these guys that's not the top top, but there's plenty of QBs in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be fascinating to keep an eye on. They could enter the Justin Fields sweepstakes potentially if he becomes available. I don't know if that's the answer, but um, yeah, there will be some options for sure. I'd be down for Justin Fields. 
Let's uh, let's get into a scores recap from week t- 12. The regular season is dwindling. Playoff spots are being punched. A lot is happening. Well, Marvelous Llamas with a massive 142 over Skaggs Island 99. Pushes the Llamas to 7-5. and five. Skaggs Island to 5-7. and seven. Crucial game for both in the playoff run. Maz Meatloaf with another massive week. 152.5 over the Golden Bandits with 70. 10-2 for Nick. Three and nine for Anthony. The San Anselmo Sinners, 111. All Mahomes Ball, 98. Dan hangs in the playoff race at six and six. Rob falls to four and eight. Pizzapalooza, eight and four with 115.5 points over Bellify Island, 81.5 points. Joe moves to three and nine. Already said Travis is eight and four, securely in third. Will be on the pod later. Can't wait. Love talking to Trav. Scott's Tots, 127. Darren Narwallers, 80.5. Scott at 10 and 2 along with Nick. The Rollers at 3 and 9 along with the other two teams that are at 3 and 9 battling for that number one pick. And lastly, the game of the week, our second tie of the season. The Salmon and Bilbo Swaggins, 87 apiece, but the bench scoring tiebreaker goes to Ben. Huge for the playoff push. Moves to 7 and 5. Will to 6 and 6. Talk to me, Ben. Yeah, that was. <laughs> listen, I. <clears throat> it's been a while listen. since I've had. Sorry, the FedEx truck is driving by. That's all right. Um, it's been a while since I feel like that I've had the fantasy gods on my side. I've had a bunch of, I feel like, cruel losses in like the last year, couple years. So it's really nice to get one of these. <clears throat> I do feel bad kind of for Will. Actually, no, I really don't. But um, this is a huge win for the Savage Salmon. Just a massive gritty win that we needed to pull out this late in the season. We finished the season off with Anthony and Joe. I'm hoping to finish that 2-0. No offense to those guys, but we just those are must-win games. They should be must-win games and should be win games. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that puts me at 9-5, and five, hopefully 8-6, and six, somewhere around there. Um, and I feel pretty comfortable going to the playoffs. Hopefully the team starts playing a little better, but just a massive win for the Savage Salmon this week. Massive. Absolutely. And, and going into a Monday night game up a half a point. Crazy, hanging on. Shout out Ty Chandler for doing absolutely nothing because he's trash. Yeah, that was. Um, I wasn't even watching the game. I was actually at work, so yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah. I saw bits and pieces. It's funny because I was flying, so like I watched before I got on the flight. I watched on my iPad, and I did see his catch. I'm like, oh damn, that sucks because he had had like four carries yeah. for eight yards or something. I'm like, all right, he's really yeah. not doing a lot. Um, kind of a weird game, but anyway. We move on, Ben, to the E's eye-opening performance of the week. I'll go ahead and get us started. Uh, we're going to feature one of Bosco's players, as Bosco beat me handily this weekend. All of his players went off, which is always fun, except for Cooper Cup, which was weird. Kyron Williams, though, Cup's teammate on the Rams, 16 carries for 143 yards, six catches for 61 yards, two touchdowns, 35 points. First game off of IR for the Rams. Really kind of came out of nowhere this season in general. Um, a lot of people thought he was a little bit too small coming out of Notre Dame. Anyway, he's had a very strong fantasy season. It hurt to watch on Sunday, but that's my uh, eye-opening performance of the week, number one. Honorable mention, Pat Fryermuth came back from the dead for Nick Snyder. Nine catches for 120 yards, 16 and a half fantasy points. First week without Matt Canada. We we talked about this briefly in a text, Ben. It would be really cool if Pat Fryermuth ends up being good, like a lot of people think he can be. Uh, Because the world needs more good tight ends because we love tight ends. 
Yeah, I mean, I traded him away, but I'm I'm okay with sacrificing that for the tight end uh, game. But did he ever play for you, or was that like uh, a quick? I, I think he did play one season for me. I think. Okay. I think okay. that he did. I mean, he didn't he didn't really factor into a lot of things because we had a rough season. But I think that he did play one season for me. Yes, and it was okay. it was really listen. It was not easy to trade him away, <clears throat> but. And I remember thinking myself, the only way that I would ever really trade him away is if I felt like it was a pretty good fucking deal for myself. Because at the time, I had Dulcich and Ferguson, mm-hmm. and I, honestly, I was I was more higher on Dulcich, but Ferguson has panned out pretty well, so no complaints. Yep. Ferguson's going to be an up-and-comer as well, by the way. He'll be fine. He'll be a good tight end. Yep. All right, who are your eye-opening performances, fam? <clears throat> yeah, I'll go with honorable mention first. Uh, your boy, Dak Prescott, also Anthony's boy, Dak Prescott. <laughs> uh, 22 for 32, 331 yards, and four touchdowns for 32 fantasy points, I think. Um, <clears throat> just a massive game for Dak Prescott, who has – by the way, in his last one, two, three, four, five, six games, he has thrown for five, eight. Sorry, I'm doing math on air. 12, 14, okay. 16, 16 touchdowns and two picks. So that's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So shout out. Dad. They're in a nice rhythm. They're really good against the bad teams. They competed well against the Eagles. Obviously got their ass kicked against DD's the Niners. playing out of his mind. Yeah. They, I mean, that's the funny thing is like, some of these games when they're playing these other teams, but they're just blowing these people out. Like, I still don't think they're that great, but, like, man, they, like, beat the shit out of these bad teams. Yeah, it was kind of – well, yeah, it was – yeah, yeah. And they played the Eagles pretty tough even. Yeah, and they got another matchup soon, I assume. <clears throat> My easy eye-opening performer of the week would be Josh Allen, who had a massive game through the air and on the ground – he went 29 for 51, 339 yards for two touchdowns. Most importantly, though, nine carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So four total touchdowns, uh, 35 fantasy points, I think. So a nice day. <laughs> Might have even been 39. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. So nice day for Josh Allen, who was formerly a racist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, dude, that game was so fun. Like, I was, it was funny because I was up in Wisconsin um, with my girlfriend and her family. And, like, they're like, all right, what's the best game of the day? And, like, well, it's, it, on paper, it's Eagles-Bills. They're kind of, like, trying to plot out. Like, if there's one game that you want to watch, like, where we're out at the bars, let's do that one. Um, and so we ult- ultimately ended up doing that. And that game was just so fun. And it was just a reminder that, like, as much as the Bills and Josh Allen have struggled and they still didn't win the game, like, he's so fun to watch when he plays like that. Um, and the game's just in a better place when – when it's like that. So it'd be nice if that just keeps happening, you know, let's get these better teams, you know, all due respect to the Colts, but like, we don't need to see the Colts in the playoffs this year. Like we're good. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, I, uh, that game was a lot of fun. Like you're saying I, but there's something about the Eagles and they've really, they've got something to them. I don't know what it is. They're a great team. They've got a lot of talent for sure, but, the way that they're pulling off these close victories says something about them for sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk rookies, Ben. The good, the medium, the ugly. Thanks to Reese's, one of our sponsors. 
I'll go ahead and get us started. Bijan Robinson on Team Bosco. Told you everyone on his team went off. 16 carries, 91 yards, one touchdown. Three catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown for 25 and a half fantasy points. Always nice to see Bijan get loose, even when you're playing against him, because he's a fun player, and they should give him the ball a lot more. Uh, the medium, Tank Dell, having a really sneaky good season. Not even sneaky, because everyone's aware of it now, but... Tank Dell on Team Travis, five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Did throw in a carry for 12 yards as well. 14 and a half fantasy points, according to the internet. Did have even more yardage taken away off some bad calls and, and things of that nature. Uh, and then the ugly, not a lot of options uh, this week, especially in the starting lineup. There was basically no options. Quentin Johnston, you hate to keep bringing it up. Young player, one catch, seven yards. Did ultimately leave the game in the third quarter. Didn't return half a point. Again, not a lot of candidates, but he is just having a brutal year uh, as a rookie. Alrighty, yeah, I am going to go with <clears throat> CJ Stroud as my number one, the good rookie of the week. He went he's twenty-six. For, yeah, he's yeah balling. Twenty-six for thirty-six for three hundred four yards, two touchdowns. He also rushed for one touchdown and 47 yards. Um, that was a fun game against the Jaguars. And, uh, really fun. Him and, him and Trevor Lawrence, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch in the next couple of years. I fully no, expected I, them to march down the field and win that game. Yeah, and I assume both those quarterbacks are going to be with both these teams for quite a while. So yeah. unless, unless some GM or coach completely fucks this up, but – I don't think I don't think Peterson or D'Amico Ryan's is going to do that too badly. So um, I, I don't trust think those, got, those coaches are going anywhere anytime soon either. And that's what I'm saying. I think these two franchises I think are feeling pretty good for years to come, and I'm very excited to see Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud duel for the next like century or century. <laughs> yeah, yeah, decade, literally decade. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my medium is Zay Flowers, who I don't have his stats up, but. I scored a couple touchdowns. Him. Yeah, so, you know, shout out him. Having a good year. A little jitterbug. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about him because he's like Zach's player. And I don't really like Zach, so, you know. <laughs> Let's move along, Ben. Yeah. The Colts met of the week. I didn't pick an ugly, by the way, because I'm very positive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Cole Komet of the week, only one candidate, Hunter Henry on Team Rob. That put a smile on my face when I read that. Classic Hunter Henry. Didn't even realize he was still in the league. Uh, Rico Gathers of the week. Ben, I'll let you get us started. Uh, Yeah, Rico Gathers of the week. Yeah, Greg Olson for being a dumb fuck. Uh, (laughs) Like So so much for the positivity. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I just... It, well, and even like, uh, Jesus. Yeah, those coyotes. Do you hear those, dude? They're going yeah. off right now. They caught something out there. But uh, even Ryan, what's the safety's name from Pittsburgh? Who's on ESPN? Ryan, Ryan Clark. Thank you so much. Even Ryan Clark, like, tweeted out, was just like, I'm also interested in any opening head coaching jobs <laughs> that would be interested in me. And that's like, that's like how I feel, too. It's like, Greg Olson, nobody was interested for a fucking reason, dude. There's a reason why you're in the goddamn booth. Like, I don't understand <laughs> these people who like just think they're going to become automatically a head fucking coach. Like, it doesn't matter yeah, how many years anything you've been in the league. Like, you have to start out as like a quarterback coach or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's like the yeah. highest you can start out probably. 
Even like right. starting out as an offensive coordinator is pretty fucking ridiculous. So right. it should be like an offensive assistant or in the NFL. Like that's, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So Greg Olson for being a dumb fuck. I think he saw probably what happened with Jeff Saturday last year and was just like, yeah, that could happen to me. Yeah. Um, well, that didn't go very well, though, you Mr. <laughs> No, it didn't. Sorry. All right. No, that's okay, Ben. I, I kind of enjoyed that. Actually, I forgot about that story. Uh, I'll go ahead and shout out Tucker Craft, the pride of South Dakota State, I believe. Uh, first career touchdown this weekend. Well, let's see the other guy's name. Luke Musgrave is out, I think, maybe even for the rest of the year. Tucker Craft season, full effect, gets a touchdown. The big Packers win over the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, so good for you, Tucker Craft. And that's shout a great out Tucker name. Craft, shout out Packers, shout out Joe. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Right, then let's get into the let's get into the <laughs> let's get into the week thirteen matchups rivalry week. Ben, second time this season that we pin everyone together. Obviously, massive implications on all levels. Skaggs Island five and seven versus the Darren Narwallers three and nine. Ninety four the projection for Skaggs Island. Fifty seven the projection for Zach. The marvelous llamas seven and five versus all Mahomes ball four and eight. The Llamas, 108-point projection, 85 for Rob. Bellify Island, 70, or sorry, Bellify Island, 3-9. and nine. Maz Meatloaf, 10-2. and two. Lopsated matchup on paper. It would appear Nick has a lot of buys because his current projection is just 39 points. I do know that the Eagles are on buy. Uh, 79 is the projection for Joe. Uh, Nick's team's deep. We'd expect that projection to get a lot closer. And even favor Nick, but certainly could be a trap game, not that it really matters. And then Scott's Tots, 10 and 2. Bilbo Swaggin, 6 and 6. Will still trying to stay within reach of the playoffs. Scott, 115 of the projection, 88 for Will. The San Anselmo Sinners, 6 and 6 versus Pizzapalooza, 8 and 4. 111 of the projection for Travis, 99 of the projection for Dan. And then the Savage Salmon, 106.7 versus the Golden Bandits, 39.7. Salmon seven and five, Bandits three and nine. Probably the league's favorite rivalry, Anthony versus Ben. It's a classic. <clears throat> it's like it is a classic. It's like the Padres and the Mariners. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, actually, Anthony has Cole Komet out this week, so he is really fucked. Let me tell you. Yeah, big yeah, fucked. Really fucked. Uh, but no, there's. Uh, this is trap. This is trap game week here, like all across yeah. the board. You know what I'm saying? Like all these, the, most of these matchups are teams that are mostly out of it against teams that are fighting for playoff spots, and some that are already in the playoffs, but you know, fighting for the one and two seed even. Yeah. And you know that there's going to be upsets this week, and you know that the standings are going to look crazy next week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get fired up, boys! Here we go. Yeah, get your popcorn ready. Uh, let's talk Dynasty Prospects, thanks to our great sponsor, Duracraft Boats. I'll turn it over to you, Ben. Yeah, so I picked this guy because he's kind of timely, and I know, Skaggs, I understand. You're not a fan of these kind yeah, of running fun. backs. But this is Braylon Allen, Wisconsin running back. He just declared today at 19 years old. He's only 19. 6'2", 245, supposedly runs a 4-4-40. I understand you're not a big Wisconsin running back guy, but this guy's a little different, man. I know that size is a little like, oh, he's just a plotter, but he's not just a plotter. He's 
he's a big boy with some speed and some agility and some quick cuts, dude. Right? So I'm very excited to see this guy, especially test, because I think that he's going to test very well, and he could potentially be like a top 50 pick. And then real NFL draft, I'm going to call it right now. I think – and, like, listen, you know, usually I try to do listen. some – I usually try to do some back-end prospects right now, some later-round prospects for the DKFO guys. But I'm calling it right now. Braylon Allen, he's going to be a top-12 pick. He's going to be a first-round pick in our league. So First-round uh, pick. You heard it here first. You heard it here for, for, for first, folks. Whoa. Uh, I just had, like, a stroke. But, yeah, so Braylon Allen. <laughs> Thank you for that, Ben. Uh, you're right. I am not a huge fan of Wisconsin, but I am aware that uh, that's a player that a lot of people like. Uh, they do produce a lot of very productive running backs. That's yeah. Sure. I didn't even go over his stats. By the way, his stats are crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. You know, honestly, I don't hold as much against Wisconsin at this current moment. I still hate them, but with the Arizona Wildcats ranked in the top 15 in both basketball and football, like we're just like riding high. Like we don't need to worry about a team like Wisconsin. Like they're probably not even ranked in either poll. So it's like, who fucking cares? You know, uh, Ben, let's go ahead and get into the primetime pick them. Uh, I know it's been a little bit since you and I have been on. We had Joe as a special appearance. Uh, Cause I had never been on with him earlier in the year. We're going to get Travis on. That's a great call. I almost forgot that. Um, let me go over this, the standings real quick. Okay. And then we'll get Travis on on the other side. All right, Ben, you're 12, 11, and 1. You didn't make any picks on the last pod. Guest picker, 14, 8, and 1. Joe did go 1 and 2. Minnesota, that Sunday night. (laughs) Minnesota, that Sunday night against Denver, they lost the game, but they lost by 2, and so they covered. Uh, The Cincinnati Thursday game was the Joe Burrow injury game, which was fucking stupid. Uh, And then the Chiefs did not cover against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so Joe went one and two. Uh, yours truly, fifteen and seven, having a nice little season. We got Minnesota and Philadelphia correct. Lost on that Cincinnati game, and Cincinnati would have for sure won if Burrow didn't get hurt. I'm fucking pissed, Ben. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. On the other side, we're gonna have Travis Hanson. Yes, sir. What's up, Ben? Hey, how's it going? Doing well. How are you? Uh, no complaints. Just scrolling Twitter, you know. Yeah, what's the latest there? Uh, I'm watching <laughs> someone clean their gold necklace and tuna fish. I don't know. <laughs> a lot going on. I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, a lot going on on there. Oh my when you're, goodness! Well, you're on the for you tab. You just never know what's going to come up. That is factual. You really don't. What do you think Travis is doing right now? How's Wisco, dude? Oh, what is Travis doing right now? Uh, Probably getting really high. Yeah, that'd be my guess. But he has a parenting class after. I feel like that'd be kind of a rough high. He's not an actual dad yet, right? No, but like, I feel like you got to be pretty dialed at those classes, probably. Maybe. Um, You know, if you're not a dad yet, I would just get as stoned as you can before everything. (laughs) uh how was wisconsin ben it was good uh went up to my girlfriend's sister's place hadn't been to their town before so sunday was kind of fun went into town went to three different bars or establishments had a nice meal got to watch some games um and then drove back it was about two hours back to where mary carol lives her family lives um so it was chill i mean it was cold um in general it snowed like on friday or something their first snow of the year 
Um, but like now that I live in Colorado, it's like, it's also cold here. So it's going from cold to cold doesn't feel as bad as if I was going from like California yeah. to Chicago, you know? I was going to say, you got to get there during like the late spring, early summer when it's like, you know, perfect temperatures, I feel like. And they got all those lakes and all that shit. It's probably beautiful, I feel like. Yeah, I went up to Lake Geneva a couple years ago and it was nice. Travis, what's up, dog? Hello, friends. Yo, yo, yo. Hello, friends. Jim Nance is finest. How are we doing? Fantastic. How are you guys? It's just great, man. Great. Fantastic. We're both pretty stoned recording yeah. a podcast. Wow, jelly. Yeah. Don't mind us. Ben, ben wasn't sure if you'd be stoned, and I kept saying, like, I'm pretty sure he's probably not getting stoned before the parenting class, but, like, you know. I mean, I have been, but I got home super late today, so I have not had a chance, but. Um, I was just saying, before you become an actual dad, you might as well be as stoned as much as possible. That's been my strategy so far, actually, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you, you still eating weed, life. Travis? Yeah. Um, just I, straight this weed. Pen, this pen is nice, dude. This pen has been dude. really good. Mm. Um, but but yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a cold um, a cold stop for a while. So we'll see how that goes. Yep, you'll be fine. Also, Honestly. also, um, Zoe's husband Brian at Colin's wedding is my hero. Yeah. He had the baby in the front carrier and was walking around smoking a J. So um, it won't be forever, but uh, you know, some 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 time off will be good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Travis, let's get right into primetime pick'em. I already went over the standings on the other side of the commercial break before we brought you on, but guest picker has been pretty hot, so a lot of expectations, Travis. Let's dive right into Thursday night, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys favored by nine points. Travis, how do you see that one going? I mean, Dallas uh, is a wagon. They found something working for them, and they've been um, playing really well. Um, So while it is a lot of points. I think Dallas wins by nine, um, nine plus. Yeah. Ben. Uh, yeah. So first of all, uh, Travis, uh, Skaggs almost forgot about you by the way. So I reminded him. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm glad that you're here now. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I would have only had to scroll a little farther. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Must be feel that weed, you know? Um, Yeah. So earlier I spent a whole like five minutes talking about how bad the Seahawks are now. Um, and I'm going to stick with that. And also I think this week is kind of a theme uh, going along with these picks for myself where I'm just fading myself. I'm, I'm picking whatever I actually don't think is going to happen. So Dallas minus nine. Love that for you. When I first wrote this down, I was shocked at how big the line was. Like I legitimately had, I had to Google. I'm like, wait, is Geno Smith out? Like, what's going on? Like, I understand it's in Dallas, but that just, like, anything above seven just seems like a lot for this game. Mm-hmm. So I did take Seattle plus nine. I usually don't bet against Dallas, don't really root against Dallas that often. Um, that just It just felt like a lot. Um, I don't see Seattle completely as one. I know the Niners just beat them up pretty good. But, like, them getting their ass kicked tw- two times in a row would surprise me a little bit. And I just don't think of Seattle as one of those teams that Dallas blows out. I think it would be a close win, and therefore I'm on the Hawks plus nine. Sunday night football, interesting little matchup, rematch of the initial Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Green Bay Packers. Bless you, Ben, by the way. Packers plus six and a half. Trav, how do you see that going? Yeah, I think uh, Green Bay is another one of those teams that found something recently. Um, Jordan Love is showing up. 
uh, beating a good Lions team. Um, Kansas City, on the other hand, has been the opposite. They've kind of looked uh, anemic a bit, not, not, their, not their, their usual selves. So I think I'm going to take uh, Green Bay with the points. Ben? Yeah, so in my mind, I was saying Kansas City minus six and a half seems like a great bet here. So I'm going to fade myself and go Green Bay <laughs> plus six and a half. Um, I think Green Bay at home, they have found a little bit of a something there. Kansas City doesn't seem exactly the same team that they've always been. I think they're they're really good. Um, but I think Green Bay makes it a close game, and Kansas City still pulls it out. But, you know, Green Bay keeps it close. So Green Bay plus six and a half. Yep. I'm going against the boys on all these picks here. Chiefs minus six and a half. Green Bay coming off its best one of the year. I think the Green Bay defense is not good, and I think the Chiefs will expose it a little bit, even with their lack of weapons on the outside. Chiefs did get, get kind of a nice get-right game against the Raiders, ended up ultimately blowing them out after it being somewhat close for you know maybe half the game. Uh, just between these two teams, anything inside of a touchdown, always going to take the Chiefs. Monday Night Football would have been a fantastic matchup if Joe Burrow didn't get hurt. But Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Jacksonville currently favored by eight and a half points. Travis, who do you like there? Yeah, this was setting up to be a good matchup. I still haven't heard much about uh, the injury report situation. I I know there was a lot of uh, uh, controversy there. But, um, yeah, I think Cincinnati is going to have trouble scoring. Um, So it's tough to win games. You can't score. Jacksonville, (laughs) uh, eight and a half, yeah. Ben? Yeah, so fading myself once again, I'm going Jacksonville <laughs> minus eight and a half. And I do think that Cincinnati with Joe Burrow out cannot keep up with the Jacksonville team that's been playing relatively well the last couple of weeks, except for that San Francisco game. Um, but I do think Jacksonville has found something, and I think Cincinnati is fighting for their lives. This is also in Jacksonville on Monday night. And I feel like Jacksonville can get crazy, man. You just never know what's going to happen there. You got like the so you got, like, the, the, the Jaguar pool. like running around in his speedo, and then you got the pool. It's you just you got Jackson Deville. Yeah, you just never know, dude. So, yeah, <laughs> Jags might have half. Give me the Bengals and the points. Don't love it, but I just don't trust Jacksonville quite enough to cover a spread that big. I think they're a good team. They're definitely not a great team probably a year away with a couple more additions on the defensive side of the ball to really be be that team. Lawrence continue to improve. Uh, so give me Cincinnati. I did not see a whole lot of – I know they didn't score a lot of points, probably didn't look very good um, in their matchup this past week against the Steelers. I'm also low-key kind of down for the scenario that someone threw out of the Bengals just like losing the rest of their games and getting Brock Bowers. That would be pretty fucking sick too. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But give me the, uh, the points in Cincinnati. Guess interview time, Travis Pitsapalooza, eight and four on the season. Travis, it's well documented uh, that you've discussed a win window of 2024 several times on this podcast in the past. What ultimately went into the decision to expedite that date and make some major moves to compete and win in 2023, Travis? Yeah, um, 2024 is still the window. Um, yeah, that exactly. You can't win in 2023. Um, so That's right. it's been nice to be competitive. And I had always kind of thought that I need to be competitive um, before 2024 just to kind of get a feel for it, um, get a feel for the team, figure out what's left, and then put the capstone on um, in the offseason going into 2024. So it's been uh, going to plan so far, and it's been awesome to be uh, competitive again. Um, 
the the other thing that was really really a driver for moving up um the timeline a bit is uh cmc being available um i had anthony's yeah. first round uh last year and i kind of noticed that he that he might benefit from a, a reset so i kind of reached out and uh, we talked and he ultimately decided that he wanted to start start over and uh for me, for me that kind of means owning your first round pick so um that that anthony's first round pick was a was a big piece there um and then also uh, the one of the trades I made with Daniel sent my first pick, my first round pick away. So ultimately, there's no benefit to me losing in 2023. Yeah. That was a big, that was a big thing. I I kind of made that uh, that mental move, right? You trade away your first round pick next year, and there's no reason not to win. You know, so yeah, hell yeah, Travis, fucking go, dude. All right, you have a ton of guys uh, on your team who could potentially start on a weekly basis outside of your studs with, you know, McCaffrey, Pittman's playing well this year, things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, your Alvin Kamara's, your DJ Moore's, Kyle Pitts, Saquon Barkley, Khalil Herbert, Joe Mixon, Javante Williams, Jacoby Myers having a decent season. All that good jazz. What goes into the weekly lineup decision process? Um, it's It's been really interesting. Um, I think I've had – 10 different lineup configurations, right? I haven't had anybody who was really a stalwart outside of a few guys. Um, um, it mostly, mostly comes down to who's balling, right? Like um, guys, throw, guys go through streaks. They go through 10 points, 10 points, 10 points, and then three, two, right? Like, so if you're, if you're not scoring, you're not, you're coming out, right? I'm not, I'm not afraid to move in anybody. Like I think I might, start, right. I might, I might start uh, Jaden Reed and Rasheed Rice this week, who I, I, I couldn't imagine that. starting at the beginning of the year. Um, but but here we are. So it's been fun to see who's been showing up and who's not. And uh, we'll continue to ride that. Hope we can get some, some guys hot coming to playoffs. Love it. All right. Talk to us about your quarterback situation, Travis. Uh, you made a big move this offseason, swapping Josh Allen for Justin Herbert, along with some other pieces in that trade. Uh, both Herbert and the other quarterback you have, Justin Fields, they flash big-time potential sometimes. Certainly, Herbert's been more consistent than Justin Fields. Have also had their share of ups and downs as far as team success, for sure. Uh, in both the fantasy football and real football world, what do you think the future holds for these two players, Travis? Yeah, these are um, two guys that are on the cusp. Polarizing. Right? Yeah, I know. Polarizing, right? Like, very much on the cusp. I think both are um, suffering from poor coaching, poor management. Um, mm-hmm. so you can't blame them too much. I mean, chargers have been on the cusp for a couple of years now. Right. Um, Justin has been really consistent, even more so than Herbert. I mean, those two fumbles last night were just killers. Um, but he pulled together for the win. I think, I think that, that goes a long way. Um, ultimately I think, I think we're gonna, we're gonna stay, stay patient. I mean, that's been my thing for a long time. Fantasy football can't be, can't be too, too, uh, to um you can't jump to too many conclusions too fast right you gotta kind of ride it out otherwise you end up missing out some on some of the upside but um yeah i think i think they both have a bright future they're both super young so so can't be can't be too rushed okay and do you ultimately think with the situation that the bears are likely going to be in with their own pick and the carolina pick probably two in the top three or four do you think they ultimately move on from him and take a guy, or do you think the future is there in Chicago for him? I mean, I don't think they do. I mean, any new quarterback that you get is going to have the same growing pains that you're already almost worked through, right? Like, like Justin has worked through a lot already. Um, so, so anybody else, you just kind of start over, which, which doesn't seem like the right move to me. Um, 
But ultimately, if they do get another quarterback, I think that Justin Fields finds a home somewhere else, right? I think he's I think he's got enough value and has shown enough potential that even if it's oh, yeah. not uh, the Bears, it could be anybody else. So I, I'd love to see where he lands, which could ultimately be a better fit for him. You know, like some of those sometimes guys end up on a new team and have a whole different whole different scenario that and they end up playing completely differently. So I'd be super excited to see what happens. And um, but ultimately, I. I'm not afraid to add a third quarterback, though. Mm. So you're in the market. I would say I would say I'm keeping my my eyes open. Um, I love I love pairing quarterbacks and wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. So a stack I will, action. Yeah, so I'll be hounding Joe for CJ Stroud for the foreseeable future. I mean, uh, I doubt I doubt he's gonna let go of him, but uh, I'm and he'll happen. be hounding you for Tank Dell. Yeah, exactly. We we he hit me up, and I was like, hey, wait. Is CJ Stroud available? He goes, no, I want Tank Dale. So, yeah, we've been going yeah. back and forth, but we're going to each be looking for those, uh, that trade. That is pretty funny. Yeah, it's been uh, an interesting class. I didn't write a question about your rookie specifically. I know I've asked some people about their rookies in the past, uh, but how would you assess kind of the rookie class so far? Yeah, some surprises, definitely. I mean, the, the couple guys that I had on my list um, that I was really bummed about, like after draft day, I was really bummed. I was like, damn, I missed – most of my guys, like I wanted Mingo and I wanted Quentin Johnston. Um, but both have that not really worked out well. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I kind of like took the next, uh, the next one down on my list and those guys happened to be balling, which is, which is pretty nice. Oh yeah. Rasheed Rice kind of emerging a little bit for the chiefs week by week, brick by brick, you know, brick by brick, you know, it, but, but it's just inconsistent. You know, like I think that Mahomes spreads the ball around so much that it's, it's tough to like really count on him as a wide receiver one, um, and and also has he's shown his fair share of drops and instability. So, um, yep. so uh, we'll see what happens. You know, it's like it's one of those things that I wait out. Yep. Uh, if you had to make a post Thanksgiving Super Bowl prediction, who do you got? Yeah, this one actually was a stumper. I had to like do a little research on these, but I got. I've got two dark horses from the AFC. Um, I think Browns and Steelers are are real dark horses. I don't think they have they don't have Super Bowl potential, but they've been winning, and they and the Browns just have an incredible defense, which which defense can take you a long ways. Their quarterback situation is just insane, so I I I really highly doubt that's going to happen. But if I were to take some long shots, those would be the guys. But um, ultimately, I think Ravens come out on the top from the AFC, AFC and. <laughs> Niners end up from the NFC. So we got uh, Niners, Ravens, rematch. rematch. Wow. Maybe the lights won't go out this time. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Those, those lights going off was a game changer. Love that. Uh, last question from me before I turn it over to Ben. Uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, how is yours, Travis, and what is your favorite dish? Man, Thanksgiving this year was a whirlwind. Uh, we had two Thanksgivings. So we had one with my family up in Santa Rosa. We had one with Alex's family up in Fairfield. So we, we did a little bit of a, a procession, right? Like Alex wanted to make her families on time. So she came up to meet my family and she left early. And then I left after our, our dinner to go have her dinner. So we got two dinners out of it, which was, uh, I'll take that any day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a whirlwind. <laughs> um, yeah, favorite dish. Uh, I love honey ham. Honey ham. Got to go with it. Mm-hmm. Do you dip it in mustard? I usually like to not. I'm not a mustard. I like to like, like smother gravy over all of it. You know, just kind of like make a big mash. Yep. 
Makes sense. <laughs> ben, we've probably talked about it already in one of the previous, but maybe not. Your favorite dish? Uh, I'm a big stuffing guy with gravy as well. Like, yeah, just throw that in with some turkey and some potatoes and some sweet potatoes and just kind of mash it together. That's all pretty good to me with some gravy all smothered in there. So I like everything. I like just a big old plate, you know. I'm with you. I try to dabble in everything. Mashed potatoes is my favorite or really any form of potato if, if you've got different yeah. styles. Do you, guys like enough, Hawaiian, do you guys like Hawaiian bread? My mom got these, uh, yeah, like, yeah, we get the Hawaiian rolls, but this year she got it from, like, a little bakery in town. It was pretty fucking good, these Hawaiian rolls. Oh, yeah, so good. Really oh. good. That was almost a sick uh, Travis, your, uh, your post-Thanksgiving Super Bowl prediction answer that you wrote down here, it's like a big haiku almost if you just swapped a couple of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I was, I was cramming in the last 30 seconds before I, I got it. on. <laughs> For our listeners, it says, everybody has shown weaknesses. Brown Steelers are dark horses. Ravens, Ravens Niners rematch. <laughs> that is a haiku right there. It's like if you if you swap the Brown Steelers or dark horses with everybody has shown weaknesses and put that in the middle, it's like a haiku. It's yeah. like a big haiku. Almost. Does it actually work? Was it five seven five? Is that how that works? Yeah, but you have like seven nine seven, which you know, hey, fuck it, right? Wow, yeah. Ben, incredible, incredible, like recognition on that one that's my english teacher skills coming out right there boys. you're teaching english you're taking english right now oh yeah dude i've been student teaching for like the last month um oh shit what's your courses like like what's your um what, what I, have topic grade, I have 10th grade english right now it's uh it's a lot it's not a it's 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 tough it's a tough school district and uh the kids don't really give a fuck at all. <laughs> They're but, high schoolers, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, and the teacher that I'm working for, uh, have I mentioned this already on this podcast that yeah. he was arrested for he teaching drinks. White, yeah, he was arrested for teaching white drunk in Kentucky. So uh he's an interesting guy. He just kind of yells at the kids, and the kids absolutely hate him and hate his class. So I think I was so <laughs> at first, and everyone just hated me, but I think they're starting to realize that. I'm not a complete dick like him. So yeah, it's 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 getting better. What is it? Um what are you, Jennifer Gardner in uh, Pride and Prejudice or what? <laughs> uh right now, what do we what do we just read? Uh we're about to read uh Harry Bergeron, which is a short story by Kurt Renat. Uh it's like it's like a crazy satire science fiction story about uh making everyone even in the world. Like nobody has like any sort of advantages. I would. I, it's actually a really good story. I recommend reading it. It's like six pages, super short. <laughs> nice. Uh, but I do have a question for you. Well, actually, this was Sky's question, but I'm ready to talk about hardware. It sounds like you have some big things going on. Yeah, um, big time things going on over here. the The house is under construction. Where I live in a construction zone. <laughs> Love that. Sorry, Gigi's like scratching on the door. What are you doing to the house exactly? What's what are you uh, what are you doing? Yeah, we're doing um, we're doing HVAC. So we're doing um, oh. yeah a heat pump. Um, we're doing a couple new windows that are leaking. Uh, we got we just got a new roof on this year. So there was like there was like two or three weeks when we didn't have a roof right there coming into winter, Ooh. and that was a little dicey for a bit. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, and then we're also doing a little bit of a kitchen remodel. Um, basically prepping the house for the baby, you know. Nice, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
are you doing some of the work yourself? You getting some help? How's it going with that? Yeah, doing um, probably doing most of it myself, but maybe quarter of it. Uh, get my dad's um, crew on site. He also owns a construction company, and so we, I can I can uh, kind of snatch some snatch some uh, some labor, which is really really helpful. Having a couple guys come help out has been has been huge. I bet. I bet uh contractor's license what's going on with that dude yeah man just um just got it this year maybe like two months ago i got the contractor's license issued um i am actively searching for projects um alex my fiance baby mama uh, is uh, helping me out on the design so she she does all the interior designs floor plans uh we kind of coordinate permitting aspects and then um so we've got a couple of projects in design permitting, but nothing quite in construction yet. So I'm still, um, still looking for that right project, and I uh, and I'm kind of holding so, off. Like, yeah, go ahead. You know, I, I follow you on Twitter, Trevor. Are you oh, yeah. trying to get into the kind of the contracting, uh, real estate like kind of game, or like what's what's the ultimate end goal here for you? End game for me is a vertically integrated. Uh, residential uh, development. So um, okay. I really like to purchase and flip homes, but also that's what I was. That's what I was trying to say, but I didn't know how to say it in your terms. I like your terms way better. So. Yeah. So I like to. I like to. I like to specifically. I like urban infill construction that adds units to like established yeah. um, cities, yeah. right? So like here gotcha. in Marin, there's uh, there's a ton of lots and older homes that. Yeah. Uh, has have the opportunity to add units. California's decided that um, they're that each city needs to uh, basically called upzoning, right? They they allow each yeah. local city to have more houses per lot because there's more people than they have homes yeah. for. Right? So yeah. one of the reasons why ho- uh, housing is so That's unaffordable a little bit more too, yeah. Yeah, like so. Yeah, so housing is unaffordable because there's not quite enough housing for the people that want to sure. live there. So they need to yeah. increase the housing to try and um, stabilize. <laughs> them. So a lot of homes are, a lot of sites are are available to build extra units and additional houses on. So I really want to get into um, doing development on that scale. I've already done uh, one in Fairfax. I'm doing one here as well right now. So I've got some experience, and then I'm uh, now trying to kind of turn that up a notch. So uh, yeah. And where are you exactly right now? Uh, San Selmo uh, is where the <laughs> yeah. house is. I'm, I'm in I want house. coordinates. Send me the coordinates. You want coordinates? Well, yeah. I'm in my bedroom. Yeah. If you want to see that, it's um... no. But I, you can hear in San Selmo. Okay. And like, I don't know California. Like, I know Bay Area a little bit, but like San Selmo, like you're kind of like in the middle of everything. So you've got a lot of job opportunities, probably. Yeah, it's the it's the next biggest. Um, I guess. Not so San Samuel isn't, but San Rafael, which is in the same county, is the next gotcha. biggest city north of San Francisco, right? So oh, okay, we, we get yeah. a lot of we get a lot of people sure. coming across the bridge that want to live, and especially now sure. that um, now that a lot of people can work remote, that the the area here yeah. is kind of blown up even further. So it's been a it's been a ride. What I've noticed as well is like where there's a lot of money, there's a lot of opportunity for construction and remodeling and all sorts of good stuff like that. So you're oh probably- yeah. You're probably looking at a decent gold mine out there. I mean, that's it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like my dad did the same thing, right? He he's been a contractor yeah. his whole life. Kind of got in here in the area, and there's a, there's a whole like there's a whole network of builders in the area, and and yeah. and those people are the are 
are making a killing like just just oh, yeah. being even if you're like yeah, no, many, you're... Many, many people come from like tech or finance or whatever but yeah um, all those people live in homes that need work as well so there's a whole exactly. like parallel um whatever you want to call it but yeah and your dad got there at the right time to set up shop set something up and really build up like a business and then make up make some serious money probably with these rich people coming in so good for him i saw it in seattle too when i worked like you know with the contractors and all that like yeah it's 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 basically like four or five large companies doing most of like the big construction around there so yeah. unlike the big houses too so yeah you, are you interested in building anymore ben are you uh your teacher for life now no i think teaching for life i mean honestly i was just doing like marketing and website for uh for a hardware company in seattle yeah and i just since I, I also did like sales and I did some installation too, and I just got to know the product pretty well. And I got to know the construction game a little bit, just working with contractors all the time. So yeah, but teaching, teaching is now it. Here we are. Found your calling. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Giving back yeah. to the kids. Um, yeah, exactly. The shit uh, yeah, kid. Rob's, um, Rob's recent remodel got me uh, really fired up when he said uh, LVP. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but that's a, uh, a real hot button. I don't. Luxury, yeah, luxury vinyl plank. It's oh. it's 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 flooring that's really easy to install. Yeah. I use it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, is, that's great. That's a relatively newer product, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's a it's like yeah. a composite. Like it's got yeah. It's almost like a press board. They use kind of like sawdust for the underlayment, and then like a thin veneer on top, so it looks really nice. But it's way cheaper than solid hardwood. It's funny they used to put it on the wall, <laughs> almost, and now they put it on the floor. <laughs> yeah that's fine yeah i get you okay yeah yeah i've seen it around uh skags you want me to keep going here sure all right we're recording this podcast prior to a baby class you're attending tonight what's the latest in life as you prepare to become a father oh man it's uh it's pretty surreal um it's coming pretty quick we i mean, <laughs> I mean we are we're, where are we now <laughs> we're six weeks out oh boy um okay. so it's been a it's been a final been a ride so far and it's um only getting more how, and more real how's the missus doing she's doing great she's she's uh good. she's a champ she's um good yeah she's inflating like a balloon yeah. <laughs> it's really but, um you know, so you gotta make it all about her for the last six weeks well probably for the last nine months to be honest with you <laughs> yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to get the house ready for her i feel i feel yeah. bad they, they say it's still a construction zone and i and we're we're closing in on it, so I gotta put it in gear here. You're not the only young couple out there, probably with you know these type of issues going on. So don't feel yep. too bad. Yeah, this this uh, uh, last week was. Um, if you want some more graphic detail, last week was yeah. breastfeeding. Uh, okay, really fun stuff. Um, this week, so who knows what it's gonna be? Like lack, like lubes and stuff like that nowadays <laughs> to like make sure nothing. <laughs> Caps, all that they got those. They got all kinds of stuff. Our um, our our baby shower registry was full of all kinds of stuff like that. Interesting. <laughs> uh, and then breast milk, white Russians. Uh, yeah, yeah. tree. Uh, yeah, that's um. We're, we'll be serving those pretty soon. Uh, we're gonna open up a little uh, <laughs> a little uh, shop. Just sticking those at the back door. Yikes! Love that. Well, uh, congrats, by the way. It's going to be awesome when that baby pops out and you're the champion of the league at the same time. Um, Man, wouldn't that be <laughs> born a champion? Who knows? Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so we're in rivalry week where you'll be playing Daniel, who I guess is your big rival. How much are you guys competing when it comes to becoming new dads? <laughs> I love this question so much. Um... And tell me, actually, tell me a little bit because I don't know. Tell and probably you know a lot of guys in the league don't know. Tell me your relationship with Daniel and why you guys might be rivals and also good friends. Um, well, first of all, Daniel is one of my best friends um, mm-hmm. forever. The I think the rivalry really started. It might have been um, Little League Baseball. Um, it goes that far back. Uh, I still remember his dad was the coach of TCBY. Um, I was on the team. I think Andrew was on the team. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Um, my dad was the coach of Allart. We uh, – I think I think we had a playoff position at stake, and uh, Daniel's team, TCY, probably thanks to Andrew, came out on top, and I just <laughs> and we've been competing ever since. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I think personally, I, competition brings out the best in um, in people. As long as you don't take it too far and become jaded or or whatever you want to say about becoming too competitive, I think. I think I, I think rivals are good. So I think that Dan yeah. and I push each other. We've kind of been sports for a long time. And um, a lot of it was uh, Madden, Madden and NBA 2K, mm. you know, like all kinds of showdowns yeah. doing that. Just like pretty much anything you could think of just competing at, you know, so that's, yeah. um, that's where the rivalry comes from. But um, yeah, not much competition when it comes to kids uh, until <laughs> until the youth sports kicks in. So. Hey, it sounds like it might it might this competition might get passed down to your your kids. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Maybe it'll be Dan and I coaching against each other in softball. Who knows? That'd be hilarious. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be uh, yeah, Daniel knows Daniel knows it's going to be a girl, but I don't quite know yet. So we we still don't know wow. how it's going to turn out. And that's you. You just you 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 wanted it that way. You just kind of wanted to free ball and see what happens. I like that, by the way. Yeah, uh, Alex and I decided that we didn't think it was going to change anything either way. So uh, we decided to let it ride, and we'll we'll find out in a couple of weeks. Nice. I like oh, that. Yeah. It's a nice little surprise. I yeah, honestly don't really have any questions. I feel like Skaggs covered a whole lot here, but. Trav, you got anything? I do have questions for you, actually. Um, yeah. I thought you had said the other day you might have some, Love it. some content. Yeah. Andrew, we talked a little earlier today about um, your path to the playoffs. Um, I would <laughs> love to hear I'd love to hear your your path and see and see how it goes. So I haven't looked too deep into it, I can't say. Um, took a couple of shellackings last couple of weeks, which was not ideal. If I could have gotten away with a win against either Scott or Bosco, which was a tall task, that would have helped. Um, but Ben beating William last night was huge. Uh, so now I think what I need is I need Dan to lose both his games because I'm a game behind him and he has way more points than I do. But Dan plays you this week and then plays Nick the last week. Um, so two, two of the better teams in the league. Um, and then William, I want to say, has like one against Zach, but then also one against Nick or Scott or something like that. William and I could be tied if it happened to get to that. Uh, and we're very close in points. So that's kind of path. Dan would have to win or have to lose multiple. William could still go one and one. I would obviously have to go two and oh, um, and then kind of hope for the points. But I play Zach and Rob, so it's not like that's like the craziest idea in the world. So we'll see, man. It's been an interesting season. Yeah, this is the time of year when 
um, the scenarios. You just you just go through all the scenarios, all the options to see what has to happen to to, to sneak in the playoffs there. And I'm, and I'm doing the same kind of thing um, in our other league and uh, our high school friends league. And I haven't quite haven't quite got through all the scenarios, so I can't really say what my path is. But we got three teams in the other league at six and six, so it's going to come down to it again. Absolutely, yeah. Staring at my team in tenth place out of ten in that league just really just been tough because like that's just like oh yeah i take a lot of pride and i'm usually pretty damn solid like just rough i mean you're not out yet dude the the i know eliminated the least amount of points too is the problem yeah you, you know those like the x clinched playoffs or the e eliminated yeah you're yeah, not yeah eliminated so that's there you true go. just gotta go off yeah and then ben ben i think i'll be seeing you in the playoffs probably yeah, this was a big win this week. I feel a little better, you know, heading to the last two weeks now, and I feel like playoffs are definitely a real possibility now. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what the seating will look like, but I it's probably a high possibility that we'll see each other in the playoffs, Travis. Yeah, by the skin of your teeth there, huh? Yeah, that was a little close this week. but uh, <laughs> That's why you have a strong bench. That's <laughs> true. I was talking earlier to Sky because I was just saying, like, the last couple of seasons, I feel like the fantasy gods have been kind of cruel to me. So it's really nice to get, like, you know, the fantasy gods on my side this one time. So very thankful. Ben, I got two more questions for you. Love it. Um, you mentioned on one of the previous uh, podcasts you've been gardening. I'd love to, uh, to hear what you've been growing and how it's been going. Have I been gardening? You mentioned that like, <laughs> a couple podcasts ago. <laughs> Maybe it was uh, a long time thing. <laughs> oh boy! Sometimes I. <laughs> so good. Sometimes I help my dad out with his vegetables. I guess there you go. Gardening, but it's like kind of a weird season right now, but. Every once in a while, we get some, you know, cherry tomatoes. Every once in a while, we get some, like, lettuce. Every once in a while, we get some zucchini. It's pretty good, you know, fresh vegetables every once in a while. So maybe you're just referring crazy. to all the maybe just referring to all the herb. Yeah, we have a lot of herb and sage. Yes, we have a lot of herb. Uh, we don't have that kind of herb that I like, actually, unfortunately. So. <laughs> Um, but nothing too crazy, I guess, and I don't really garden that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'm here for you when you do. It sounds electric. Um, Thanks. Appreciate um, second question. Um, you okay? Let me make sure before I ask this question. You did coach football, right? Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Okay, I'd love to hear what your um, what what type of schemes you ran, and if you had any like coaching mantras. You know how some coaches have their like their sayings and their yeah their, like, their... no yeah for sure for sure for sure um yeah so schemes okay so i coached middle school and high school and i coached a lot of different levels but at the middle school we ran i formation ran a lot of like play action out of it uh, a lot of like qb like you know sneaks and stuff like that qb sweeps that kind of stuff qb qb keepers um and we had like a seventh and eighth grade team so like we ran the same scheme but you know there's different styles of players like one quarterback was faster than others so we run a lot more keepers with him and then we had one quarterback had a better arm than others so we put run a lot more play action with him so you know it was just different schemes that way um 
at the varsity level that the year that I coached football, we ran spread. We sucked though. We were fucking awful. Um, honestly, <laughs> it, was, it was more fun coaching the seventh and eighth graders because they were good and they like really seemed to actually have like a team mentality versus the varsity team that like sucked. I didn't have much control up at the varsity level. I was just an assistant offensive line coach up there at that point, and I wasn't doing a whole lot. I was just kind of coaching them up. Yeah. But um, yeah, like the eighth, the seventh and eighth graders were awesome because they were good and they were fun and they had such a good team mentality. But as for mantras, like, I don't know, I didn't have a ton of mantras, but I think one of the biggest things I just always told the kids, I was like, listen, you show me like effort, like 100% effort out there, you'll get playing time. Like you give me effort and practice all the time, life or time, you're going to get playing time no matter what. So that was like one of the biggest things. That was like, you know, you show up at the weight room, you get good grades, stuff like that. Like that was just a big deal. So I think just enforcing that stuff was always important. So that sounds kind of corny, but. No, one of my, one of my favorite uh, mantras that one of my coaches had that I, that if I were a coach, I'd probably do the same. Um, I don't coach effort, right? Like that, like yeah. there's, there's no coaching effort. You, you either show up or you don't. And, and there's no, yeah. There's like, no motivation. I, hate, there's no... I hate having to like tell you to like pick it up all the time. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like that I hate coaching. having to tell you that I don't want to do that. I will do that, but I don't want to do that. And when I do that, it makes me angry and it makes you probably not play as well either. So if you come play us with some effort, we're going to have a good practice. We're going to play a lot better in the game on whenever we play. And like, it's, and, they, and they, they see that they see that, pro, that process and that progress and they start getting it. They start understanding it. And they're like, okay, we're like playing well, we're winning games. Like why would we veer from this process that we're like clearly doing well? in? so, it takes sometimes it can take a little bit with a certain team. Like, you know, there's just kids that don't get it. But when you get a team really on the right path, like, it's cool. It's a cool, I think, you know, everyone knows that's been on a good team. You guys get it. Like, it's just a cool, it's, come together, it's a cool feeling. I think exactly. I've been on more bad teams than I've been good teams, though. <laughs> when, and in football, in football, that's a lot easier to do because football is such a team game to me that, like, you know, if the offense – listen, it's easy to have a terrible offensive line in high school, middle school football. It is very easy to have that. And so when your offensive line sucks, you have to find a lot of ways to, like, you know, figure out around that. And it's it's hard to, but if you have a good team mentality and, the like, the offensive line works together even, you're a lot better for it. So, and they might suck, like, technically and, like, size-wise, but – if they work together, they're going to be a lot better. So you get it. You understand. You play football. Yes. Uh, I'd love to hear Skaggs' take. I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing a, uh, a coaching staff here. Uh, Ban offensive coordinator, <laughs> Skaggs head coach. I'll be defensive coordinator. So head coach. Well, head coach, <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, that's a good question. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I feel like I would be better on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know very many defensive concepts per se. I feel like the hard part is, Travis, with us playing at Drake, like, I feel like I learned nothing about, like, actual X's and O's. Like, the very bare minimum as far as, like, you know, keywords that people use and, you know, uh, running through the eight hole and all these different things and yeah. you know, diff- little things like that. But, like, nothing. Like, I would love to, like, I've, I think I've played enough video games and watched enough football where, like, I feel like I could, you know, take a stab at trying to design an offense or, you know, run one that's already out there, but kind of 
throw in some wrinkles and things like that, but I truly don't know what my coaching style would be, but definitely up-tempo, aggressive, spread it out, you know, run the ball and throw the ball, but I like running the ball spread out, kind of like some of these college offenses do. Um, that way the defense isn't loading the box every time and just kind of identifying good matchups, good numbers, how yep. many people are in the box, things like that. Lots of motion, lots of motion. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but definitely some, like, you know, you know what it would be, Travis? A lot of what happened on Sunday night in the Chargers game where they threw it and then threw it again. There would be a lot of those plays, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That was fucking sick. <laughs> Kellen Moore needs to be given a shot as the Chargers coach. Like, if he's actually this pretty good offensive coach, which who knows because they haven't been good on offense, but probably not his fault. Um, but, like, give him that job. Give him, like, at least a year and a half and see what he can do with it. Oh, dude, he's uh... – uh, what's his name is in the, the hottest seat of all. Um, I know, but are, do you think they promote Kellen or do, they, do you think they go in a completely different route? It would be a shame if they didn't put it that way. Like they definitely yeah. should, but I don't know that he'll have the resume. Like, but if someone wants to take a shot on him, he'll be, he'll be awesome. Yeah. Love that. Boise job do, open. Do we discuss defensive schemes? I, I, you know, you can't teach middle schoolers to two cap on the defensive line. So we're running four, three all the time. So. Yeah. We're running four, three, we're running really vanilla. We're going to get really, really yeah. good four, yeah. three cover four. Yeah. Like we're running yeah. that for like the yeah. first four games. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. and then if we want to like, if they feel like they can, we might install out, some blitzes. We might install some blitzes every now and then. Yeah. I mean, we're we're, we're going to be, we're going to have lockdown fundamentals. We're going to have, we're going to have mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. edge controlled. We're going to have gaps. Gap awareness, like really, yes, really sir. down. Um, yes, sir. Yes, one of, yes, one of the biggest sir. things when I was coaching in Italy, I was, like, I was like coaching and playing in Italy. The, the a lot of people just did not understand the edge, right? Like, like contain, contain that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, contain, contain, contain is the other word for it. But like every time, like no matter who it is, someone's got to have the edge. Like even the corners got to yeah. come in with their inside shoulder, yeah. Yeah. And, and keep their left outside arm free. Like you can't let anyone get outside yeah. of you. That's like one of the basic, yeah. basic things. That's you don't, a kind of hard you don't want people running down the sidelines because guess what? That's when they're gone. Yep. Make them go out the field and meet a linebacker. Boom, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think cover three would be my first install. Like, we'll start really vanilla cover four or four three. Go to cover three, get get our safety in the box for teams that run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how they do with that. Two things, two things. One more to add on. We really need to teach the cornerback not to cheat and not to look in the backfield because, man, middle school and freshman football, they love to do that shit. It's so hard not to. I know. I know. They want to make that big play. They want to go. They might, you know, they might see a play action and say, oh, no, I got to go. Got to go stuff it. But, man, then they get beat over top every fucking time, every goddamn time because their eyes are in the backfield. So that's one big thing I need to teach. Also, yeah, go ahead. You mentioned you mentioned Italy. Have you read Playing for Pizza? I did. Yeah, I did. Yep. Yeah, great book. Great it, book. It's pretty <laughs> much it's pretty much identical to the experience. Love right? Like that. like he, Grisham nails it. Um, Love that. It, it, it just it's kind of a a surreal experience too. But yeah, um, I mean another another hard concept on defense though is um, when you're playing zone. You're thinking about it like you're actually playing man. Like even if you're not playing man, you need yeah. to be focusing on who's in your zone yeah. and locking down on yeah. those guys. That was a concept yeah. that I took me a long time. Like like Scott, you said at Drake, we didn't really learn much, right? Absolutely true. Yeah. I went into went into community college and was like, "What? This is how you play defense?" <laughs> uh, 
it is crazy when you get it for the first time. You're like, whoa. It took it took so long to like not think about it, and when you're thinking, you're so slow, you know. Yeah, so, when you like, start seeing football in like a different way, you're like, oh wow, like things click. It's like a puzzle. It's like one big puzzle, you know. Everything is like clicking together. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just you, you can see it happening for like rookie quarterbacks in the NFL, right? You can see you can see yeah. them trying, but you can see they're a step behind because they're still yeah. thinking about it and they never they never had NFL level. Quarterback, not just before. not just rookie quarterbacks. You know, Smith's been a step yeah. behind the last four weeks. You know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be honest, like there's only like ten quarterbacks that really, really play quarterback well. So, like, like yeah, to ever even get to that level is like almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. God, I love talking ball. Love talking ball. Yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll we'll revive the Drake High Pirates. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had a rough year this year, from what I heard. I can't imagine they had anything else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right, On that note, boys, we're going to sign off. Travis, thank you for being here. Ben, glad to be back together. Let's have a beautiful Tuesday night, huh, boys? Thanks, Travis, for coming. Playoffs, baby. Here we come. Playoffs. Peace. Peace.